Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, is with Lois Lane when they find Rev Payton, the mysterious sleeping beauty, missing. She's gone, Lois. The room is empty. Well, that's impossible. Impossible or not, it's true. Look, the bed's empty and... and the bird is gone, too. Gang, I just want to tell you a few words about a young fellow whose name is Chris Yorkus. Chris is 13 years old and a very nice boy. But he's having a great deal of trouble growing up healthy. As a matter of fact, although he is 13 years old, Chris only weighs about 40 pounds. That sounds incredible, doesn't it? Because most of you who are the same age weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 pounds. Now you ask, why is Chris York is so thin, so much underweight? Well, it's simply because he doesn't get enough to eat. And what he does get is not the kind of food that puts flesh on a fellow's bones. Now, it isn't because his mother doesn't want to give him the proper foods, or even because he doesn't want to eat. Chris's condition is due to the fact that in the war-ravaged country where he lives, he just can't get the proper foods. You see, Chris Yorkus is just one of millions of boys and girls overseas who, since the war, have slowly been starving to death through no fault of their own. Like the others in the same boat with him, Chris's weakened condition is due to malnutrition, improper clothing, and other unhealthful conditions which have led to his becoming sick. Now, Chris and all the boys and girls like him are looking for you to help them. You can do it by joining your local chapter of the Crusade for Children, which is sponsored by the American Overseas Aid United Nations Appeal for Children. Don't waste time. Do it at once. Your prompt response to this appeal will help to save Chris's life and the lives of millions of other unfortunate boys and girls like him. Now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, having succeeded in awakening the mysterious sleeping beauty, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and the elderly musician, Mr. Pinder, left her alone with her pet bird, Nakoma, and stepped into the adjoining hotel room to call the doctor. Learning from the doctor that the girl must be given small amounts of water at regular intervals, Kent and Lois returned to her room to begin the treatment only to discover that both the girl and the bird were gone. Jim, something terrible has happened. Mr. Pender's asleep. He was tired, and I got him to stretch out on the bed, and he fell asleep. Close the door. No, we've got to leave it open. Why? The girl, Rev Payton, is missing. Missing? What do you mean? She's not in her room, and neither is the bird. Clark's going to look for them, and he said to leave the door of this room open. Golly, where'd she go? Well, now, if I knew, Jim, I wouldn't be standing here talking about but, it. But she was weak as a cat. How'd she get out of bed? I don't know, but I'm afraid Lois. that... Who's that? It's Mr. Kent. He's got Rev Payton. He's carrying her. Good heavens. 
Otis, there's nothing to cry about, Rev. Peyton. It's all right. You made a mistake, that's all. Clark, where did you find her? At the waterfront. She thought we were angry with her, so she decided to run away and not bother us. Oh, you poor child. Now, here. Dry your eyes with this handkerchief. And you must promise us never to do anything like that again. We're your friends, Rev. Peyton. We want to help you. Promise. I, I give thee my word. That's better. Now, just relax and tell us your story. Where you came from and how you happened to be on that barge floating out at sea. After all, we can't help you unless we know who you are. I will tell thee gladly. Many long years ago, before my father's time, and yea, before his father's time, a small band of people fleeing the hardships and oppression that had been visited upon the land of their birth, joined together under a benevolent ruler and resolved forthwith to seek elsewhere a haven of peace and contentment. And so, on an appointed day, many ships set sail upon the sea, led by the magnificent barge of the king, the Illyria. Ninety days and nights the ships sailed on, driven by favorable winds. Finally, land was sighted. Our pilgrimage is at an end. Here will we rest our weariness, my countrymen. In yonder verdant hills, far removed from the strife of men, shall we find peace. What saith Hercamine, my counselor? Dost agree, O wise one? Thy judgment, sire, is as always beyond reproach. Then, so be it. And so it came to be that the land in which I was born was founded. My people built their homes for peace for goodwill, gracious living. Crime was not known to us, nor was slavery, nor any form of injustice from which my people had suffered before they took their wanderings. But still, they did not feel entirely safe. One day a voice rose above all others in the meeting hall of the Supreme Council. I propose that we surround ourselves with huge walls and heavy iron rock gates. I further propose that these gates be sealed to allow no stranger to enter and none of us to emerge. Aye, good idea. What saith Hercamine to this strange proposal? Sire, can we not soften this decree? Can we not say that once a year our gates will be opened so that those of our people who wish to stay no longer may leave to wander where they will? Methinks it is a wise suggestion. Is agreed? Is agreed. So be it decreed. And that decree remained the supreme law of our land. One day, not so many years ago, among the strangers who joined us, there was one who was unlike all the others. His name was Franz. He was of medium height. His hair was thin on his head. And the tones of his voice were harsh and not too pleasant to the ear. But his mind was quick and sharp, and he caught the confidence of many of my countrymen. So much so, that at the death of my father, who had ruled well, he became grand master of our land. One day, I was sitting in the garden of Hercume in the counselor, when Nakuma came to rest on my shoulder. What is thou and I build, Nakuma? Forsooth, a slip of paper with writing upon it. 
And isn't that tongue I neither read nor speak? But wait. Herkimen comes, he will know. Ah, greetings, fair Ethan. How good it is to find thee sunning thyself in my garden. Look, Herkimen. See what Nakoma has brought to amuse me. What trifles amuse thee, child? It is not but a piece of paper. Nay, it is no mere slip of paper. There's writing upon it. Strange and unknown writing. Look. What says it, Herkimen? What says it? I cannot tell at this moment, my dear. But I fear it bodes ill, for there is a name affixed to it. A name we both know, belonging to one we do not trust. Fascinated, Kent, Lois, and Jimmy listen breathlessly as Rev. Payton unfolds her strange story. We'll be back in a moment to hear more of it. So keep listening. Once again, gang, let me tell you that one way to practice and live in the spirit of real, true brotherhood with people all over the world is to care about others and to share with others whose situation is not so fortunate as yours. As we've told you before in this program, millions of boys and girls overseas, destitute as a result of the ravages of war, look to you. They count on you, the lucky youngsters of America, to help them grow well again by sending them food and medicine. And you can do that by joining the Crusade for Children, a national organization sponsored by the American Overseas Aid, United Nations Appeal for Children, whose sole purpose is to raise funds for food, clothing, and medicines to be sent overseas to sick and hungry boys and girls, victims of the war. Members of Crusade for Children canvass their neighborhoods for contributions and raise funds in many other ways, including the staging of neighborhood plays, backyard carnivals, collections of scrap, waste paper, and many other activities. Doing these things is lots of fun. And what's even more important, it gives Crusade members a feeling of doing something worthwhile to help others who are less fortunate. And every little bit of help such as that counts towards creating a feeling of mutual friendship and understanding among people of all nations, which is the root and foundation of lasting peace. So join the Crusade for Children in your city. Don't delay. Do it right away. For more complete details... Contact the local office of the American Overseas Aid, United Nations Appeal for Children, in your city. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Did what I mean, the wise, summon the Grand Master? In the name of the Princess Repetnai. Was it thy will, my princess, that I come? It was my will. Then, though I am Grand Master of Illyria, holder of the highest office in the land, I am pleased to await thy pleasure. Speak, Hercamine. Mayhap tis of no great moment, but the bird of the princess repeat and found this scrap of paper we know not where. It bears thy name at the bottom of it. And also, it is writ in a strange tongue which only the wise man, Herkimen, can read. Dost know of what thou accusest me? We know full well. Frot, when the people of Valyria welcomed thee within their gates, thou gavest thy solemn oath never to communicate with the outside world again. Why art thou telling me this? Because this note is witness that thou hast formerly and art now continuing to traffic with strangers who live without our gates. That, as thou knowest, is the highest crime in Illyria. I am a patient man, Princess of Peyton, 
and I have hearkened unto thee, knowing full well the debt I owe the people of Illyria. But I am not guilty of the crime of which I stand accused. Thou accusest someone else in Illyria of inviting a warlike people with their warlike instruments into our fair country? Is that what was written on the paper, Hercules? I read Thetan. The princess blanches. She draws white. Yes, who would not? Thou art a traitor, betrayer of the peace-loving people who gave thee sanctuary and bestowed upon thee the highest order of the land. Twas not I who broke the laws of communication with the outside. Whom dost thou accuse, then? None other than she, who sits pale and trembling before us. What? Darest thou accuse the princess, Ref Peyton? Thou darest accuse me of treason? Me, Ref Peyton, oldest daughter of our kingly family? Thou darest... I am. Now I, France, Grand Master of Illyria, do accuse the Princess Ref Peyton of treason to her people and to her country. And on this day, at this moment, I, France, condemn the Princess Ref Peyton to death. <laughs> cheeks burning with a feverish glow, Rev. Payton pauses in her story as Kent, Lois, and Jimmy are held spellbound. How did she escape the death decree of the villainous Grand Master, Franz? And who placed her under the strange spell from which she was finally awakened? Rev. Payton's story continues tomorrow, so don't miss it. Be sure to hear Chapter 7 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on... The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, I wasn't a big fan of the cliffhanger at the end of part five. It's like, what happened to her? What exactly happened to her? You've got to tune in tomorrow, and we tune in tomorrow. Oh, she got confused and stumbled down the hall a few feet. It's probably the one drawback of the uh, serial, or one of them, and that is that it forces you to come up with a cliffhanger every 15 minutes, even in a story like this, which requires you sit still and get some explanation in order for us to even make sense of what's going on here. I do like a lot of the ideas that she's not really from the 13th century, which would be a, probably a bit, uh, the way that would have to work out, would probably be a bit above the heads of listeners back in 1948. And this whole sealed up land is an interesting idea. We'll see how it plays out uh, in Part 7. Join us for that on Sunday. In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us. Be sure and rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.